late night joke off on Valentine's Day coming up, so that should be pretty good. We can get to that this it hour. It should be. I agree. It should be pretty good. <laughs> it usually is not. You wouldn't think it could go wrong on that, though. You wouldn't. Universal, right? Yeah. Love, Yeah, et and it's so broad. It's like not a narrow topic of Trump or impeachment or something. It's There's not a bad guy. Valentine's Day, retail, love, marriage, sex. The whole world is open to their joke writers. Right. So it's got how to be How could good. they fail? Exactly. <laughs> We'll We're going to find out how they could fail, I have a feeling. <laughs> we'll have that coming up in a little bit. I will pick up my uh, son from school with my uh, other boy who does not go to school, and we'll uh, go get mom's stuff for Valentine's Day. It's kind of our tradition. Often a selection of pieces of chocolate cake from her favorite places. Oh. That's always a big hit. Can I come over? We go to her like four favorite restaurants that have chocolate cake and get them all. And That's the best the idea ever and the worst, but I love it. It takes a little time, but it's, uh, yeah. it's very grand. yeah. I, I only say the want. worst because of, uh, the scale was cruel to me this morning. But what was that positive, Sean? That's all they want. They just want you to spend time for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered it. You liked it. Yeah. Because I didn't walk and yeah. go. I did two-day oh, delivery you. because I love you. Yes. Thank, thank you. I could have okay. done one week, but what? I did two-day delivery. No, that's fine. No, thank you. No, you did two-day delivery because you didn't think of it until Wednesday. What's well, wrong? Nothing. <laughs> oh, boy. So you don't uh, like it then? No. What are you no, going to do? It's fine. I said it's fine. <laughs> we mentioned yesterday that there was a pivot that happened this week in the Democratic Party among the powerful, and the media is included in that because they're part of the Democratic Party. Oh yeah, the pivot from Joe Biden and whoever else might be the nominee to it's got to be Bloomberg and not Bernie. Definitely not Bernie. No, 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 no. It's all about Bernie. It's all about not Bernie. Because they think Bernie will lose. And little Amy didn't measure up. Little Pete didn't measure measure up. Uh, apparently for the uh, the money people, the, the mainstream of the Democratic Party, and they went with option, uh, well, I guess B for Bloomberg, but option C, which is uh, Mike Bloomberg. Good. You know, the moment for me was listening to the CNN and MSNBC, and it finally crystallized in my head that, uh, okay, so this Bloomberg tape comes out where he's defending stop and frisk. He's defending redlining in the, the whole mortgage thing, which actually is quite defensible. But anyway, uh, and, 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 and the liberal channels and indeed black congressfellas were coming out saying, well, listen, uh, these uh, words of the past, blah, blah. I was thinking, in today's can- cancel culture, how interesting, but it didn't occur to me exactly what was going on. In today's on. cancel culture, and everything is racism. Right, right. Here are th- some things that you could actually make arguments that they're racist. I don't think they are, but, I mean, you got, you got more heft than a lot of other stupid subjects and that are called racist. And, and now the media is like, oh, okay, well, these black congressmen say it's okay, so yeah, it's so okay. Let's not get all hung up on what Bloomberg right, said. So it was very p- odd. People came to the rescue. I saw right. this graph today of how much Bloomberg is spend relative, spent relative to the other candidates, and it's just astounding. He has spent $300 million already of his own money. He says he's committed to a billion. He told somebody the other day he'd spend $2 billion if that's what it took. I think he'd run out of things to spend money on uh, at Radio that point. Radio advertising, Mike. <laughs> Radio. Uh, but here's Donnie Deutsch this morning on MSNBC with uh, give you an idea how the media feels about Bloomberg at this point. He is... What, what number? 60% of the people in this country, according to the Gallup, think we're going in the right direction. And that's about the economy. That is powerful. The answer is not a Bernie Sanders who says we're going to blow things up. 
The answer is a guy who says, oh, guess what? I can do even better. His so, credentials. But and not to, this is the guy that has the answer. You need, to, you need to appeal to, he's a progressive moderate that appeals to suburban women, that appeals to, can get some Reagan Democrats, and can also get those independents. The other candidates, I thought Biden have it, don't have it. He so, is the hope. Well, no. and he's huge among undersized Jews, needless to say. He is the hope, says Donnie Deutsch on MSNBC. As he is the hope. As did Tom Friedman in the New York Times two days ago, basically with the same headline, he is our only chance. So they're Put, all in. The powerful are all in on Bloomberg. Putting aside New Yorkers' self-obsession for the moment. Right. Yeah, they all Friedman, Deutsch. Everybody we've mentioned eats at the same restaurants and has for decades. That right. should sicken you. I mean, it sickens me, including with Trump. They all hang out in the same restaurants and know the same people in the same neighborhoods. Right. In this giant country, 3,000 miles across, 340 million people, everybody in the discussion lives in the same neighborhood. Well, what are the stats that seven of the nine Supreme Court justices are from the same two schools? Right. And, and they're all either Catholic or Jewish, which is fine. I love everyone. Uh, but it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyway, the dispatch is out today. Uh, first, they talked about how much money Bloomberg has and this pivot toward the media and everyone else toward Bloomberg. What's standing against Bloomberg's primary bid? Pretty much everything else. The former mayor's personal and political history is awash with stories to raise the eyebrows of voters across the ideological spectrum. There was his stewardship of New York City's controversial stop-and-frisk policy, which institutionalized racial profiling and subjected millions of citizens to unwarranted searches, which was unliked by uh, people for race reasons, and also a lot of libertarians didn't like it. There's a long history of allegations about Bloomberg's inappropriate and crude sexual behavior. Oh, wait a minute. You know, Trump's got that, and he survived it, but maybe he's unique in that way. I don't know. There was his longtime championing of policies like the New York soda ban, which turned him into a nanny state punchline among many Republicans. Mostly because it was so idiotic and uh, indefensible. And his, there's his terrible record on religious liberty, as best expressed by his lengthy fight as mayor to forbid churches from worshiping in New York school buildings on the weekends. Then there's the fact that Bloomberg's entire narrative, that he's a pragmatic moderate, as we just heard Donnie Deutsch say, who can take uh, uh, head of the party's leftward charge to ensure Democrats defeat Donald Trump, is highly suspect on the merits. A quick perusal of Bloomberg's website is enough to show that Bloomberg, were he to win the nomination, listen to the statement, and this is the dispatch saying, we just looked at his website today. Okay. You look at his website, this is enough to show you that Bloomberg, were he to win the nomination, would be the furthest left major presidential candidate in modern American history. Whoa! His moderate reputation owes primarily to his chummy relationship with the New York media, as with Hillary Clinton before him. He's a candidate who is despised by the socialist left, so he's got that. But even with his past affiliation with the Republican Party, can Bloomberg win over centrists and right-leaning Trump skeptics running as a liberal? I'd like to hear more documentation of him being the most radical well, uh, candidate in U.S. history. Will any of that matter? It's too early to say. Well, and, and listen, left out of that analysis, and this shocks me somewhat from the dispatch, is he is infamously soft on China because he had money to be made there. Now, given the current state of things with the uh, communist Chinese voracious dragon that would devour all of mankind, the fact that he was chummy with them is a big old strike against him. Hey, At least it is to, you know, me and people who think like me. To finish my point on this, how about clip number 31, Sean? Does it matter? How about this? 
Somebody said, uh, you know, that he's taller than me, calls me Little Mike, and the answer is, Donald, where I come from, we measure your height from your neck up. What? So, did he misspeak? Or who measures head height? <laughs> what is that? He's just, it's just, Trump's calling him short. And he's saying the only height that matters from your neck is the size of your brain. I guess that's what he's trying to say. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. Is the hope. I'm not sure. You're dumb. But the reason you're <laughs> squatty headed. But the reason I wanted to play that is I'm not sure any of the policy stuff matters at all. Uh-oh. It's just can you do that sort of thing well enough <laughs> to amuse people and stand on a debate stage? Judging by that, no. <laughs> well, the crowd liked it. They reacted pretty well. All right. Um, it wasn't a please clap moment or a groan at an Amy Klobuchar line. I'll grant so, you that. But so none of this policy stuff or background or what you've done in the past, none of that might matter. It's just two personalities. Yeah. And which personalities do you gravitate toward and who's winning the snark contest? That might be the next 10 months. Oh, gosh, really? Who's winning the snark contest? What would Jefferson and Adams say? Let me out of here? What's the old joke? <laughs> what? It's dark in here. <laughs> oh, if Thomas Jefferson was alive today, what would he say? He'd say, let me out of this coffin. Right. That's a, it's a gruesome. It's a time-honored <laughs> but gruesome joke. Yes. How about late-night com- 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 late comics coming taking on Valentine's Day? Around here, we measure height from your tongue <laughs> outward or something. All on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. than romantic, but, uh, you know, those two things often go together. Often they don't. I've noticed. Often they don't. Uh, maybe we'll get to this later. Three naked yoga poses to try with your partner on Valentine's Day. One is usually enough. <laughs> All right, let me explain I'm not how that this, bendy. Hmm? Uh, let me explain how this is going to work. Okay. The late night joke off. Gotcha. We'll play three alleged jokes by alleged comedians. I, Joe Getty, will grade them, and the bottom grade-getter will be banned from comedy for life. Sean? Here's a fun fact about Valentine's Day. An average man spends $196 on Valentine's Day. Yeah, works out to $25 for the first present, then $171 for the makeup present afterwards. So tomorrow's Valentine's Day, and you can tell romance is in the air here in New York City. Earlier today, I saw a hot dog vendor cutting his health code violations into little hearts. It was really sweet. <laughs> I understand your excitement because according to a new poll, Valentine's Day is America's favorite holiday, what? beating even Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing because it isn't a holiday. <laughs> you know what? I like his cynicism. Yes. We have Conan with a D plus, Fallon with a C minus. It's just too local a reference in New York. Sorry. 
And Corden with an A. Now, as a foreigner, he's deducted a full letter grade for taking uh, comedy jobs Americans would gladly do. Um, but he's still the winner. Conan banned from comedy for life, <laughs> which is a shame because he's often amusing. But uh, Tough break for Conan. Man. Listen, how many people do you have to murder in cold blood before they put you in jail for good? One. Conan should have remembered that before he issued that non-joke. Boo! Nevading, Nevada voting is one week from tomorrow, if you're keeping uh. track of that whole thing. So we got one week before the next uh, chance for Joe Biden to be embarrassed. So begins <laughs> and ends our analysis yeah, of the Nevada caucus. The and it is a caucus. Oh, right. Yeah, it's not just showing up to vote. It's a, it's like the Iowa fuster, you know what. Um, well, I guess it I makes can a say difference. clock. Um, well, did you see that the big union, the big union in Nevada that's always the most coveted endorsement decided to not endorse anybody this year. They were, they would be your typical Biden supporter. I mean, he's the big union guy and they just said, we're just not going to endorse anybody this year. Yeah. We're, we're busy. We're serving meals. Yeah. That's so that's another room service. Another blow to the Biden campaign. Sorry about that, Joe. So I referenced this earlier. It's worth knowing. I've got to admit, I have my head and my heart slightly at war on the question of decoupling with China. Chinese ambassador is making the rounds right now. He's doing interviews with about anybody who'll have him, explaining how the Chai comms, the Chinese communists, are actually doing a fine and shiny job at responding to the coronavirus. He's actually pretending he can't speak English also. as Right, exactly. Just uh, when, when there is a question that he can't really spin properly, he, he goes with the Mino-speaky English <laughs> right. technique, which is hilarious because he's known to be fluent. But um, Donald Trump, don't trust China! Well, no, and he shouldn't. So, uh, and it's funny, I heard a long interview with him in which he absolutely refused the, the notion that the Chinese Communist Party had made any mistakes in this, including... Uh, grilling, imprisoning, and forcing at gunpoint to sign a confession, the hero doctor who alerted China and the world to this thing and then died of it. Uh, it was it was a brilliant example of what we were talking about earlier, how in communist systems, your responsibility is only to the people in the most extreme circumstances. Where like, And this has actually become an example of it, but otherwise you're just, your responsibility is to the apparatchik above you. And the people be damned. I mean, as long as the communist hack above you is pleased with you, you are a success in your job. Approval flows downward, not upward. And whenever you have that in a political system, it's just poison. Anyway, uh, the U.S. has expanded its lawsuit against Huawei, Accusing the Chinese telecom giants of a, a giant of a decades-long plan to steal technology from U.S. firms, they're charging them under the RICO statutes as a criminal enterprise. Meanwhile, the uh, chief financial officer of Huawei is still being held in Canada, where she's fighting extradition to the U.S. You'd think uh, our, 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 our uh, Canuck or friends would just, you know, turn her loose. How long does it take? Come on, fellas. Um, uh, I've, I've heard one of the dodges that's helping them get in bed with uh, some of our European friends uh, because they're cheaper than us for 5G and they're good at it. Yeah. But one of their dodges is um, they can kind of legitimately say they're not going to spy on you or do anything bad and people believe them. 
They've, they've, they've stolen so much from us already. The reason they have such great technology is they stole it all from the United States. Right. Everything they know, they learned from stealing from companies in the United States. Now they're saying, oh, no, we're, we're a legit company now. After you've stolen everything. Right. So right. That, that's kind of interesting. And it was also pointed out to me that there have been cases in the past of there being back doors discovered in Huawei equipment. That and to to for the Chinese uh, communists to be able to access, you know, whatever they need to access, it, it, it this would not be the first time. And uh, and and secondly, the notion that any major corporation in China is independent of the communist government is laughable. If if you know anything about China, it's laughable. Um, but anyway, uh, going along with this, the U.S. accused. Oh, I just came up with this. Tell me how you like this. Huawei doesn't do R&D, they do T&D, theft and development. There you know. That's part of the reason they're cheaper. In an updated indictment, the U.S. accuses Huawei of racketeering and trade secret theft and gives more detail about the firm's effort to evade U.S. rules on doing business. Um, where was I? I left out the important part. Uh, where the heck is it? I heard somebody today talking about 6G. You can't start talking about 6G when I've never even experienced 5G yet the hell yeah wait a minute wait a minute yeah so they're charging him with racketeering um so great britain is going to use a company that we believe is a criminal enterprise right for their uh their infrastructure not only a criminal enterprise but an uh, an active arm of chinese espionage all right come on britain (laughs) we'll see (laughs) we'll see how this all turns out donald trump don't trust britain the origin of the heart symbol for Valentine's Day, among other things, on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And it's gruesome. Oh, no. You make me Jackass can kick down a barn, but it takes a good carpenter to build one. Yes! Yeah, the crowd roars! (laughs) Any jackass can kick down a barn! But it takes a carpenter to build one. Is he talking about Bernie? Or is he talking about Trump? Talking about Trump, I would guess, yeah. Uh, I don't don't think Bloomberg is going to spend a lot of time on his primary opponents. He's spending some. The reason he got in was to stop Bernie. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's, he's an egomaniac. I wonder if he's really starting to think seriously about, uh, about the big prize. But you're Any right, jackass I, can kick down a barn. I'm not kicking down a barn. I'm just, uh, you know, handicapping your chances. But, yeah, you're right. He's an anti-Berniest. How many barns have you ever been in in your entire life, Mike Bloomberg? Unless you're running in a rural state somewhere for some political office and you decide to have your picture taken standing in a barn. Well, and it would have to be either a tiny barn or an enormous jackass to kick down a barn. I, in fact, yeah, his very premise is ridiculous. No jackass, not only can not any jackass kick down, no jackass can kick down a barn. I was uh, up late last night doing what is a time-honored tradition in my family, in my DNA, in my genetics, and that is uh, suffering for having procrastinated on a project, as my uh, son had a major project due today in school. Oh, boy. And there we were at uh, late at night by his standards, 8 o'clock, um, when we realized we're out of ink in the printer for printing out the things we needed to print out. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, no. <laughs> 
we did have a long conversation about the best way to avoid this sort of thing. Is mm. even if we had done this last night, the night if we even if we'd have done it Wednesday, night, even one day earlier, oh, we would have said, well, okay, we'll get ink tomorrow. But <sighs> now so I've got to get in the car and go to Walmart, which didn't have the cartridge size we want, even though the website said they did. And then I had to drive to Target. Ended up taking me two hours. Oh, <laughs> two oh hours. Oh, and it's not even your project. To get the right cartridge. I almost just bought a new printer. How about I buy a new printer and then the cartridge that fits it? Right. Probably the same price. It is. Yeah, no it kidding. Really yeah, printers are so cheap. Printers exist to sell ink. Is that it? Is yeah. that what's going on there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was looking at the printers. I thought, these things are the same price as the cartridges. Yeah. Why am I driving all over the state to try to get the right cartridge? It's similar to McDonald's makes hamburgers because they make you thirsty for a drink. Ah, gotcha. Ah, well, I should have bought a Try printer then. I should have just bought a new printer. Well, they're ridiculously cheap now. Yeah. Which is amazing. The number they're also of... slapped together in, in China and probably have the coronavirus just dripping off of them. <laughs> I'm cursed, I realize, but the percentage of time that I go to print something and it's either out of paper or out of ink has got to be above 50%, it feels like. I don't know, why, why haven't they invented a vat, an effing vat of ink? I'll pay whatever. I'll pay $300 for a 50-gallon drum of printer ink <laughs> so I never, ever run out of ink. I can print all day, every day, the rest of my life, and the printer will never say, out of ink. The next time I need to print something. Yeah. Why? Can you incorporate it into your home? Have it up in your attic. With a little tube running down through the walls, then it'd come out the wall right next to your printer. It'd be like, you know, the the cable hookups of old. I'll take my hot tub I just bought that nobody's using, as Whoops. I predicted, Uh-oh. and fill it with printer ink and run the tube into the printer. That's what we'll do. Good God. <laughs> out of ink. Yeah! And the way they, it's it's the way the computer screen says it in such a matter-of-fact way. It doesn't even apologize. It doesn't say, I hate to tell you this, because I'm not sure you have any more cartridges. Oh, man. And I realize, night, I realize but... this is going to be inconvenient, but yeah, no, currently out of care. air. It doesn't, it doesn't care. care. It doesn't care. Um, how did the heart symbol become the symbol of love? I believe this conversation comes up every single year. Where did Cupid come from or Valentine's there? It, it had to get mostly up and running once it got started by the uh, candy companies and greeting card companies, sure. right? Those who would profit. Sure. Um, that's certainly what runs it mostly today, and they try to convince you that if you're not buying your wife diamonds or something, or uh, an automobile. But Sean, you said you you think the uh, the earliest version from the story is a, a knight did what? Uh, there was a knight who, upon finding out that his wife was having an affair, challenged the gentleman to a duel. Oh my! A jousting duel. Uh, Violence he, never solves anything. He, he bested him, ended up killing the man in this jousting duel. Yes. And then he ordered... Night after night? Uh, somebody to uh, remove the man's heart. Yes. Uh, make it into some sort of stew. Oh, my. And then he fed it to his wife. Oh, boy. Yummy. So that's why I've got to stop at Seize Candy on the way home? Well, the, the, so all these exactly articles... i sure I connect the dots here. All these articles all come to the same conclusion of nobody knows for sure, and then they just throw out all these random times right. that a heart has been involved I, in a story yeah. over I, the years. I'm offering you my heart for the stew of our love. But, but, so it used that as a... So the, the connection of heart to love has been around for a long, long time, that, oh, okay. that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. um, they also make some guesses. Uh, certain early plants kind of have that shape, too. Maybe it was adopted from that. Well, how um, much of our economy are, are, are these... Um, 
obligatory holidays that are thrust upon us. Quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, you know, Jesus' birthday is not an obligatory holiday, but no. the way we treat it certainly is. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had the thought. I, I said uh, people who will profit are the ones who have promoted this whole thing. And I'm pro-profit. I'm pro the free market, as you know. I'm fine with that. Just understand when you're being manipulated. Try to be smart about it. You know, the, the over-commercialization of Christmas. Fight against it or something. I don't know. Do whatever you want. But uh, just be a smart consumer. Don't be compelled by, you know, companies that are profiting. They're trying to... to to, to manipulate your behavior. While I, was, let them. while I was at the Target looking for an ink cartridge for the printer last night, I thought, you know, I might pick up some sort of fun uh, Valentine's Day t-shirt to wear to work. The Valentine's Day t-shirts were already gone, and they had the St. Patrick's Day t-shirts in. And I just thought, wow, the the whole consumerism thing. I mean, the, how much profit is made on the, uh, you know, every month there's some sort of holiday. We've got t-shirts, we've got cards, we've got hats. We've got booze. We got whatever yeah. for this particular one, and they've already got the St. Patrick's Day stuff in there. Right? There's, there's gazillions of dollars involved in that. Yeah, and yeah. it's fine. You know, it's uh, two thirds of the economy is consumer spending, and uh, we've come up with ways and things to spend money on. Yeah, to be nutty and extravagant. You got New Year's Day clearly. I mean, that's that's really December last year, but also uh, lapses into this year, right? More or less. Then you get uh, Valentine's Day. And you skip Super Bowl. Which is oh yeah you know what the Super Bowl absolutely there's your well that's in February generally now isn't it yeah but it's before Valentine's Day right okay then okay Super Bowl and Valentine's Day then you get St Patrick's Day which is utterly ridiculous but people go crazy and buy things and the the origin doesn't make any difference whatsoever oh no no immaterial no April what's that Easter oh yeah which is not about the resurrection of Jesus but about the purchasing of candies mostly or so it would seem right. Uh, where are we? May? Has May got anything? Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You talk about obligatory. June, Flag Day. People buy flags. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it is Flag Day in June. I only know that because that was uh, our, my wife and I got married on Flag Day. End of May, particular, almost June. Because we're patriots. You have Labor Day, or is it Memorial Day, whichever one that is. Yeah, I get them mixed oh, right. up. Memorial Day is first. Yeah. And that's a real thing, obviously, but we've consumerized it to what, what there's, there's bed sales, car sales, you know, all these, the special Memorial Day sale on this, and uh, hot dogs and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, Father's Day, traditionally in June. Right. Yeah, so they've been and spread July, out. The, yeah. July, July fourth. You know, smart all, people. Every probably, month, there's something. Yeah, the really smart people probably got together and made sure we have them spread out just right throughout the year, and uh, everybody knows that that's in commerce exactly how much money is going to be spent every four weeks on these things. Yeah, yeah. What's that? The control room is talking to me. Michael, play the door open, would you? The the very 14th century knight who. Uh, Factored into Positive Sean's story has joined us in the studio. Oh, that's is it, fantastic. Is it true that you uh, did cut out the uh, man's heart who was sleeping with your wife? Well, yeah, yeah I did. I, I cut out his heart. But uh, you have to understand, at the time, I mean, uh, somebody looks at you wrong, you cut out their heart. Somebody, uh, I don't know, steals a sheep, you cut out their heart. Somebody steals your parking place, you cut out their heart. We just cut people's hearts out. But uh, Barbaric! Came to symbolize love, which is, well, life's funny, isn't it? It is funny. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> sir carves a lot of hearts. <laughs> nice armor, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Very, very shiny. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, the heart. Came across this inside Amazon's very weird but very efficient staff meetings. Maybe we could all learn a little bit from this. This is one of the most successful companies in the world. At various times, it has been the most valuable company in the world. 
Um, and we all hate meetings, don't we? The company has meetings, lots of them, but it also has a couple of fail-safes in place to ensure they're not dead-eyed affairs that many of us are accustomed to. Dead-eyed. I need to start using that term more often. That's a good term. It is. How many of us at a meeting have not, ourselves or others, been clearly dead-eyed? Or you look around the room. I, yeah. I don't, I've led very few meetings in my life. But I look around the room at the rest of us, and everybody's just, I mean, there's nothing going on. Thousand-yard stare. Oh, yeah. There's nothing happening there. The one thing you're not doing is thinking about what the person's saying. Right. <laughs> right. Third quarter, you say profits will turn. Interesting. <laughs> For starters, whoever leads a meeting at Amazon has to write a document, usually about six pages long, and pass it out at the start of the meeting. Then everybody spends about 20 to 30 minutes silently reading and digesting what's on the document before going over the entire thing together page by page. Oh, that sounds horrible. I know. This is the opposite. That sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. This is the opposite of what I was expecting. This sounds worse than what happens in most meetings, although it might accomplish more. There's no PowerPoint ever. Okay, now I'm listening. Yeah. Um, and I the, like graphics. And the company says that it really works. Amazon talks a lot about its so-called writing culture. and uh, Writing with a W? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the anti-Steve Jobs, isn't it? Where you get together and nobody sits down. This is going to be fast. We're going to settle what needs to be settled and get back to work. This says here the quality of the meetings is much better. That I could believe. It forces you to be very succinct and clear about what you're supporting. Boy, you know, the more I think about it, instead of you just standing up there and ad-libbing your spiel... And and restating uh, the premise five times. Right. Just reading the pictures behind you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And Boy. falling back on whatever your crutch phrases are. So you're forced to write something um, succinct and, yeah. and to make your point. Yeah. Okay. I Everybody like reads it, so gets on the same page, then you... But then you go over it page by page. See, that's the part that, that would kill me. I don't know about thirty. I minutes. just read it. I don't know. About, so I've got. Yeah. I don't know about twenty to thirty minutes of silent reading there in the room before we get started. Plus, there's a question of reading speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm done ten minutes ago. Sorry. Can I go outside now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that sounds terrible to me. Amazon will go nowhere. It will fail. Meetings can be a little unsettling, especially if you're new or if you you're the one who prepared the document. There's also a part of the democratization that takes place, particularly among employees who don't usually speak up at meetings and are used to having their opinions overlooked. I'm naturally an introvert, one person said. And when I worked for other companies, I wasn't great at having a flashy PowerPoint. This equalizes folks and enables them to present on the power of their ideas. Mm, okay. Yeah, I can see I suppose, some of it. Yeah, you'd have to see it in action to yeah. appraise it properly. If you got somebody who's um, a gatekeeper on all this, like looking it over and deciding what makes a meeting and what doesn't and what's good and what's not. I, I could see that being more efficient. Mm. Boy, a lot of meetings are just, uh, well, we all know this, don't we? A lot of good stuff to come, including the umpteenth example of horrific government waste going on right now. And one of my favorite musicians of all time, one of the greatest rock stars of all time, has completely lost his mind. The sad tale. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? All that and more. Stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I 
More romantic tunes on Valentine's Day. Huh? Hope you got big plans tonight. Now, I hope it ends in acrobatic sex. I hope that's the way it turns out for you. That was frank. Um, thank you to whoever texted this link to an article in GQ that came out yesterday. We'll hit this next hour. Why is Bloomberg's long history of egregious sexism getting a pass? This is in GQ. Wow. Okay. You're going to have to have the Congressional Women's Caucus come out and excuse him for this, the same way the Black Caucus did for his uh, stop-and-frisk stuff and redlining and the rest of it. Now, he is running against Trump in a different era, but I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'll get into the details from the article in uh, GQ, and it's, uh, it'll, it'll be something he has to answer for. So a couple of tales from the great state of Florida. Not involving any face-chewing or bizarre behavior. Uh, dishonest behavior, certainly. But So back in 2010, and this, by the way, is absolutely filed under the road to hell being paved with good intentions. Ten years ago, Florida started up, well, hired, essentially, a private company to lead the Florida Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Addressing that terrible you know, thing in our society. Now, why exactly they contracted a private company to do this, I'm in favor of that sort of thing, but evidently there was zero oversight. And so, again, this has been going on for 10 years. One Tiffany Carr, who was the head of that agency, her deal, unbeknownst to really anybody, said that she got 50 paid days off per year. I'll do the math for you. That's 10 weeks a year of vacation right off the bat. And not to mention other perks like a car allowance and an exclusive retreat at the place of her choosing that would not count as time off. And at least two other staffers working under her received lucrative time off arrangements of the same sort. In fact, they think she received nearly $5 million in paid time off over a four-year Whoa. period. And she gets an annual salary of $700,000. And again, this has been going on for a decade And nobody really asked any questions until newspapers started to look into her deal. It is not clear at all um, whether this uh, agency did any damn good or not. Um, But uh, Ron DeSantis, the Republican uh, governor who took office, ordered the head of the state's child welfare agency to review contracts with the domestic violence organization, uh, which distributes state and federal money to organizations that help victims of abuse. And get crazy, crazy rich doing it. Unbelievable. Government, government, government is such a spigot of money. Yeah. It's well, it's more like one of those fire hydrants that, in a city on a hot summer day, the kids uh, crank off the, crank open the valve, and it's just spraying water. Government does that with money, and smart people gather around and they and they steal that money. Well, it's like the homeless apartments in New York we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and somebody started looking into where all the, the billion dollars went over the years, and uh, they couldn't find any receipts for anything, and or they'd find a receipt that says, you know, bought appliances, but the, the building in question doesn't have any appliances. So. Right, and it's an enormous amount, and the money just went away. Yeah, yeah it's fabulous. You know, one of the great uh, formative events in my life, I think, had to be growing up in the shadow of... Mayor Daly's Chicago, which was completely corrupt. And it was it was an open secret that 
the so-called activist groups, the uh, you know uh, whether uh, you know civil rights organizations and and you know activists on one thing or another, they existed to get people to the polls, and they got lavished with government money, uh, ostensibly for helping out various downtrodden people, which was absolutely laughable, as everybody involved in them got rich, but they delivered their constituents to the polls. Second Florida story for you here. This is a poll of likely Florida Democratic presidential primary voters um, by uh, stpetepolls.org. I don't know them, but here you go. Your, uh, if the election for the Democratic presidential primary in Florida were held today, and the candidates were, and then they list all the, the people who would be candidates, Biden is still on top. A lot of old folks in Florida haven't gotten a word. I guess, about old Joe being uh, old news. Uh, but Bloomberg, uh, I'm sorry, what the hell? Why would you lay it out like that? Bloomberg is in first. I'm sorry. He's listed as second after Biden, but he's in first at 27.3. Biden just behind him at about 26%. N- nobody else is is above 10%. So the old New York Jew is in first place in Florida. Yeah, Not that shocking. And And the better known Joe Biden is in second, but he is fading absolutely everywhere. So Bloomberg already with a lead in the critical swing state and delegate rich state of Florida. And he's now he is the hope. And he's now in the top tier in the real clear politics average of polls uh, in the nation. Mm. And uh, in all your upcoming states, he's uh, he's in the mix. That's why the scrutiny is starting to come. Like GQ with this article that came out yesterday. Why is Bloomberg's long history of egregious sexism getting a pass? Read you a little bit about from that on the way, because it's going to be a story, there's no doubt.